Welcome to The Dog Days, episode five, where in this episode, we speak to Ben John, personal trainer and ex-Osprey Centre. Uh, in this episode, we cover off his career, how he dealt with concussion, and also any tips and tricks for anybody that's looking to strive for a summer body this year. This is The Dog Days, with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar, and Ian McKenzie. Welcome back to The Dog Days, episode five, where in this episode, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Junior Eldstyle, Ian McKenzie. Yeah. Namaste. Welcome, welcome. And ex-Osprey Centre, newly turned personal trainer, Mr. Ben John. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. How welcome you doing, Welcome to The Dog Days. Welcome, yeah. son. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm How are you uh, feeling? You good? Yeah, pretty excited about this. What are your thoughts on our beautiful little office in Collierswood? Um, yeah, mate, it's actually uh, pretty impressed how good it is. <laughs> it smells It smells good today, to be yeah, fair. It we've, had it, we've had it we've sort had of clean and clean just for you. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> 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 so, look, no, we're, uh, we're really excited today to speak to you um, for a number of reasons. One, you have an amazing story about the, tra- the transition you've made from... A, being a rugby player playing in front of 20,000 people um, and then being hit with a number of concussions leading to the end of your career in rugby. And then what we find amazing is the transition you made very quickly into being one of London's finest personal trainers and been noted by a close friend to say that you're one of the hardest working personal trainers in the industry. Um, that was we, me, mate. Which was Ian on my right. Um, we want to hear more about that. Friends. We want to hear more about your career, the mental struggle about going, into, you know, accepting the fact that that was the end of that. But equally, we want to spend a lot of time asking you about how us fat little bastards can get into decent <laughs> shape this summer, because it is only around the corner, and there are many things that we tried and tested that haven't yet worked. So, if you wouldn't mind, let's go back to the Ospreys, if we can do. And yeah, um, you recently retired just two weeks ago, right? Was it two, um, sorry, two weeks publicly, ago? Publicly, yes. Um, so I've taken a year. I took a year out to try and fully recover. Yeah. But two weeks ago, I announced uh, that I wasn't going to go back to rugby. Wow, really recent. Yeah. How did that just on that really quickly? Well, I'm sure we'll come around to it. But how did that feel announcing to the world that you were going to stop? Um, it was, I felt as if it was something I needed to do just so I can, as, as it was a New Year as well, just something I could put behind me and then look forward. But um, a day before I was fine, I was looking forward to doing it. And then on that day, then where I did release, it was a lot of emotions came through then because mm. of people sending me messages and which was amazing. But obviously. Uh, Emotions flood flooded through then. Does that? I guess that's when it felt. This is a reality now. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough thing because I, I, I imagine that you would have gone away and you know you started the personal training and then moved straight into that and then got oh crap! I've not even told anyone that I'm doing this yet. That's yeah. that's a scary thing. Can you just for the listeners? Can you take us back to to what you were doing before in in as much detail as possible? Yeah. Uh, so before, for example, well, um, a year ago I was playing full time rugby Ospreys. Um, uh, I started around 16, so went to the academy when I was 16, um, signed then, there and there, uh, played rugby all the way through, never had a job in my life, wow. so every day was literally rugby, uh, which was pretty cool for a youngster, um, used to go to college then, and then I, pr- I gradually went all the way through, 18, I signed my first professional contract wow. uh, with Ospreys, and then from there on, I, um, yeah, l- rugby's been my life all the way through, I've been stung with a few injuries, um, all the way up to under 20s, I played age grade for Wales, uh, Captain Wales a couple of times, wow. which was uh, a pretty awesome achievement I was proud of. Um, over 20 caps, wasn't it, for Wales? Uh, for, that's the age uh, grade. Yeah, yes. for the age yeah, grade. Yeah, so yeah. the age grade. And then after the age of 20, then you get 
released then to senior rugby. Yeah, um, and then I played I played my first professional game when I was 18, um, which was pretty cool, actually. I came off the bench. Um, I came on in a position I wasn't used to, which was flanker. But the number eight then was a guy called Jerry Collins, ah. uh, which is a rugby legend. And um, yeah, it was an amazing experience to come off the bench. Wh- uh, which which class were you then? So who else was in this in your year? What a year in Welsh, in Welsh <laughs> rugby? Yeah, so I could give you the team and the 16s, 18s, that England team I was playing against. Oh, so really? Was, yeah, um, they were incredible, fair play. Uh, <laughs> it was John and Joseph, Manu Tulangi, Owen Farrell. Um, was this for an injury? Oh, by This is what we hit, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they had an incredible team. George Ford played as well. Um, yeah, they, they were insane, fair play. And, and on the Welsh side, was, where's North? Was he, yeah, was North he, was. Was he uh, in the same sort of class? Yeah, same, same age. Um, wow. He was a beast as well. So it's, fa- it's fair to say you were playing a pretty fucking high level of rugby. Yeah, <laughs> knowing was, these uh, are some of the best the players in the world. Highest for that age, yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to the, w- the World Cup was pretty cool. We had a w- you have a World Cup under twenties. Oh really? Um, we went to Argentina. Nice. And the players, the New Zealand team, um, they had Julian Surveya literally scored a hat trick half time, <laughs> came off. Wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was that was an amazing experience. There's some real highs, I guess, in the in the career of rugby. And then, so that was only when you were 20, and you've obviously, you're now 20, 28, right? 27. 27, sorry about yeah. 91. <laughs> fucking hell. 91, nearly 20. I look older right? than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a tough life. Maybe it's the broken nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in those seven years then, obviously settling down for, for Ospreys, how, how, how were those seven years? Uh, I finished the age grade, and then I had two years then of just constant injuries. Um, I broke my scaphoid was in my wrist and I was in plaster for eight weeks came out of plaster didn't heal uh, so I'd have an operation that put me out then for the next well rest of the season I think I missed about four months with that because wow. it, it still hasn't healed so it was one of them bones was tricky where it's only like a 20% chance of it healing oh, wow. or not healing sorry and I was in that oh bracket. you're the 20% mm. right yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> um, yeah that was that was hard going so I missed majority of that season and then the year after then um, I played a few games and then my groin I had um, a couple of issues in my groin so I missed about six five months of that season as well so that was back to back and so already in 24 months you've missed 10 yeah so you must, uh, like, players must get plagued of injuries in rugby because I never used to watch rugby a lot and then I moved in with two rugby lads one of them used to play for the I- London Irish and I watch him play quite a lot and I just think fucking hell mate. <laughs> yeah. we just literally batter each other and the stuff that you see, like off the wall, and punching each other, and people standing on each other's hands and stuff. I just, mm. yeah. So you must like literally players must literally get injured you all are, the you time. Condition though, aren't you? I think yeah, we do a lot of strength and conditioning. Running um, into rehab, walls. rehab, <laughs> running into yeah. walls. Yeah. <laughs> running into what do you walls. actually yeah. do for conditioning? Um, <laughs> well, so for example, the off season we have three months, or uh, like a pre-season three months, and in that three months we try and make as much gains as we can whether that's strength, fitness, um, speed, or just rehabilitation, mm. getting our bodies ready. Because the season is so long and so many games, you can't really get much gain in that, was it like a nine, ten month, uh, well, nine month period. So you try and make as much gains as you can in our three months, and that's when uh, we get our body prepared. Um, yeah, but it's not it's not nice getting into that third month, and that's when you start doing contact. Yeah, and yeah that's when you feel all the niggles. <laughs> and, in uh, terms of like SNC and stuff in rugby, do you have so obviously in football you've got your SNC, you've got physiotherapists. Do you have all that in rugby, or does it? Because I know there's a salary cap, right? Yeah, in rugby, um, so I don't know. Yeah, so we have a club doctor we see once a week. Um, we have four. We had four physios and ospreys. We had three conditioning coaches. So yeah, they are pretty stacked up with. Um, 
with staff, the staff which is good. Staff, yeah. yeah, over the years it has got a lot better. Whereas I think when I first started as a youngster, I was only two, mm. uh, two physios, two conditioners. So yeah, as it's getting more professional, yeah, because it's a lot, uh, it's a lot younger in the professional um, age than football. So um, starting to get there. So during your career, when was your most consistent period where you were featuring throughout the season? I. I was I was on t- I was about twenty four twenty five I, w- I put put on loan to a team called uh, Dragons Neath, um, Newport Dragons. Is that um, proper Welsh? Yeah, <laughs> Newport <laughs> Dragons. Dragon. That's what I call I mean, Ben Dragon. Oh, Dragon, yeah. So Newport they're Dragons. a professional team as well. They're the other region in uh, Wales. Uh, so I got put on uh, loan there, and I started. I played three or four games in a row there, and I played against um, in the top league as well. So I got a bit of confidence with that. Wow. Um, because after I came back from injury after those first two years from age grey, I kind of thought, right, I'm getting injured all the time. I'm just going to take my time. Mm. And I kind of lost a bit of, not drive, but a, a, like goal <coughs> setting. I was yeah. kind of just happy, just turning up, playing, trying to stay fit. During that period, were you ever considering a different career or was it always rugby? I uh, always rugby, but I, I, my dream when I was younger was to play for Wales. And I think I lost that dream within that. Right. period because I thought right I just need to get fit and just get on the pitch and I kind of probably went a bit stale there in my career and I think the move to the Dragons re- reignited that because um, there was a few guys older guys a guy called Lee Byrne was there and he was a w- Welsh legend and he was towards his end of his career and I watched him train when I went to uh, the Dragons and it was incredible just to see that see the drive and what he does after training the extra hours he puts in and I thought to myself shit I, I want to do that I wouldn't, that's what it takes to get to that level. I was going to ask that actually because Wales is such a densely populated place in terms of rugby fans. Like, I mean, it's rugby then football, right? That's kind of how Wales is. What separates what separates you from being that good? Because surely everyone's training as hard. Surely everyone's you know putting the hours in after school hours or whatever. Is there anything that you can see as a difference between someone like that? It was the purpose when so it's quality not quantity. That's what I noticed with right. Burn as well. Especially I was lucky like bigger uh, Dan bigger Reese Webb. They were all the same when they train. They're doing everything to a high standard, and they expect that standard from them uh, themselves. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind is with Lee Burn. Every time he used to make a run in training, even if there was no one in front of him, he used to imagine there was defenders there and step them and oh, score yeah. try that type of thing. Sick. A lot yeah. of visual uh, visualization. Also, that's the lateral movement as well in your in your in your knee joints to be ready for that kind of movement. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. It, used to it. It's it, sort of like it looks, habits. It looks stupid beating <laughs> no one in front of you, but he has purpose every time he touched the ball. And I thought, shit, I need to bring that to my game. And mm. I refocused it when I went. I, I had four games I got injured for the Dragons, pulled my hamstring. Mm. But then in that period, then I refocused what I wanted to do. And I kind of relit my career after that. And um, yeah, that move made a huge difference. So what happened from here then? So you're at, still at Dragons and you've kind of been reignited to be realigned back to your purpose. You're enjoying it again. What happens from, from there? From there, I it was an injury and I got drafted onto the wing um, in a Heineken Cup game, which is um, the, the top level for they're like a rugby championship yeah. um i, I got drafted onto the wing and i had uh, had a very good game i created the one opportunity where we scored um jeez is this for ospreys yeah. Ospreys, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah for ospreys now um from that i kind of I probably give the coaches a bit of confidence in me as well yeah from that then i i just kept on progressing i played next week and next week so i started on the wing and i stayed i kept my position mm. um until it was only about five six games left until the end of that season um, so I, I wanted more just because I was in the in the swing of things, yeah. but yeah, the new season uh, was about to begin. Um, 
but I still had that fire from last season, and from there on, I just pushed on. Did you so think you had? Did you, you think you had a chance for international rugby again? Um, at this point, at that point, I was just so my aim was just to get in that first team Ospreys, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and from there on. Uh, what happened? What was the season after? Um, season after then was the World Cup year. So I played in Judgment Day, which is around April time, um, in front of 59,000 wow. uh, people. So it's like four ga- it's two games. Ospreys, uh, we played Cardiff and Scarlets against Dragons. Right. It's a big event yeah. on so Judgment Day. Too. We have it in, in England. Yeah, right. so it's, yeah, similar to that. And it's in the Millennium Stadium as well, which is cool. And yeah, nice. I had a, v- a very good game in that game as well. So And that kind of got me into a chat of trying to make the World Cup squad for the Wales. Is this the World Cup in it that we had in England, right? I think it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it? Yeah, it might have yeah. been. Yeah. yeah. Just interesting, isn't it? Like, obviously, going back to when you went out on loan, it's finding your flow. I think with athletes and sports people, it's quite important that you know, whether you, when you sit on the bench, you sort of lose that drive, or when you get injuries, you lose that drive mentally yeah. to stay with it. And then you go on loan, and then something ignites inside you because you're playing and you feel involved, and players are helping you out around you. And then, boom, you're back in the squad, you're back at Ospreys, mm-hmm. you're then competing for the World Cup and stuff. It's just, yeah, flows. It's amazing how that changes. Yeah, by just removing yourself from the negative place that yeah. you're in, going somewhere just different yeah. Yeah. to ignite things again. Yeah, because as I said, I was in the Ospreys when I was 16, so, and this was when I was 24, so yeah. I've been in that environment for so long, and that's the only thing I've known. And as you said, literally, something different take you out of that environment, and then you get that drive yeah. back. Because you could have easily stayed and just be, com- like you said, comfortable and stay in your comfort zone, but you went out of the comfort zone, went on loan, I think a lot of athletes don't want to do that, to be fair. They're quite scared. They're quite content in just staying at one place at also a time. Also, loyalty. If you've, been at, if you've been at one club since you were 16, it would feel quite weird, I think, to go across to another place. Yeah. When, when I think, just on that, in football, I think there's a bit of an ego issue as well, though, oh, because massive. if you're at a club like Arsenal, Chelsea, or mm. whatever, and you are you were a very supposed to be a very good player, and then you suddenly have to go on loan to... Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth, like Jack Wilshere done it. It's a bit of an ego issue. I think yeah. there's more ego in football with that kind of thing yeah, happening. 100%. It's kind of changing a bit, though. And I, like, you see Ali, you see Vardy. They all started off in lower clubs, haven't they? Yeah, yeah true. true. Yeah. When did the... So, obviously, this is brilliant, and you're getting to a point where you're, you're considering or aiming to get into international rugby. When did the first concussion happen? Just uh, before that. Yeah. Just before that. Where did the World Cup dream end because I feel like that was oh no I, yeah, you I wasn't selected for that uh, <laughs> yeah what that was, was, that, was that was that through injury or um no just um the Wales are very lucky they got so many good centers um and they they had four incredible centers so uh, I was um I missed out on that one but um yeah I carried on playing um carried on playing well as well so um yeah it was just yeah, not selected. Sorry, Oliver. Okay, where, where was I? Thanks for that, Ian. Really insightful. <laughs> uh, where, so when was... I thought that the concussion may have come from an injury well, over or before the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was, there was, I thought there was I an injury the before angle. the World I Cup. I see the angle. I was going down that angle. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so yeah, when, when was the first concussion? Over my career, I've had a lot. Um, how many? I, I don't know. I've had a lot. But the series that kind of finished my career was... I had one against Scarlet. It was uh, the aerial one. No, that was the last one. I, I saw. I, wa- I, mate, I watched that one. Yeah. That was brutal, mate. Um, Sky had their first ever like mic'd up player and like a player cam, and <laughs> oh they they selected me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I had the mic on. Everything was sorted. Everything was. Um, were you like the honey badger? Yeah. So I had, yeah. So <laughs> why like, why were you chosen? Oh, 
Just because... Um, Good looks. Yeah. <laughs> it was pre-nose, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why did I get selected? Uh, not sure. Probably because a lot of the other players swear a lot. Mm. They probably picked someone who uh, doesn't doesn't really swear much. Um, yeah, put it on. It lasted three minutes. So three or thirty? Three minutes. Oh my word! They must have spent a lot of money on the mics and everything. But it lasted three minutes. It was a wet day, um, and the Liberty Stadium, as a football stadium, is really yeah. lovely pitch. But the floor is quite hard, um, and I got tackled trying to go. In, uh, I was going into touch. And I took my feet away from myself because I thought, right, if I'm carrying going to go, yeah. I'm going to go into touch. And as I did that, whipped my head, whiplash hit my head in the floor. And that was the first knockout. Um, and I was in a bad state for a, wh- a while after that. I think it took me about a month to recover from that one. What, what, what was the symptoms? State? Yeah, what are the symptoms? Um, I used to struggle with, well, it's not, not so bad now, but uh, lights, uh, brightness, okay. um, dizziness, headaches. Would you feel sick at all? Yes, first couple of days, yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything was dark rooms. Um, There's no way you play rugby in that condition. No, so I was looked after well with that. Um, and then I had, I came back at a few games and then I got knocked out again. Who was that? That was against Zebra. Um, but with that one, I didn't didn't say anything. I, I just got a clip to the head. I felt a bit different afterwards. And then in the week then, I still felt weird still had a little bit of headaches and then I was I mean, picked to go on the bench against Munster um, and I, I, I was f- I That's felt so okay right. to do it I came off the bench then and I started running my heart rate went up really high and then my vision was going a little bit blurry mm. and I, I panicked I was I shit myself uh, came off the pitch and I told the fit luckily I was only on for like five minutes um, I told the physios after I said something's not right um, and then from that then I saw a few specialists and whatnot and I had I took six months out after that. Wow. Um, Which age are we now? Are we sort of this is about twenty six. Okay. Um, yeah, so you 20 know it's s- definitely getting quite serious. Now. Yeah. So and that's when I started noticing. I'm not sure if I was born with it, but I started noticing the patterns. Anything lined. I mean, it used to make me feel dizzy and nauseous. Um, for example. The example I give is when I used to when you walk around IKEA, there's lines on the floor. Oh yeah. Um, I remember my missus take me around, and, and they confuse the fuck out of oh, me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you, you wear that shirt, yeah. though, that, that, oh, that white and black, shirt, yeah. that white and black oh, shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. shirt. striped shirt, yeah, Foot Locker. But do you think do you think in uh in rugby there's other players like you that get their first concussion and say they're going to be all right, and then they'll just try and carry on through it? Yeah, d- is that yeah. a thing? I definitely. Um, I think people are starting to become. I think. People are starting to become more aware of it now and they're starting to speak up. Um, whereas three f- three years ago, I just kind of just didn't say anything. Cause I thought it, yeah, because it wasn't a big collision. It was just a little glance to mm-hmm. my head. Um, I just carried on. Yeah, as I said, luckily I was only on the pitch for like two, three minutes. Um, and then afterwards I said it's not right. But it's got to be like, obviously like safety, isn't it? Like for the rugby players and stuff, mm-hmm. like actual. Because I know NFL, they wear pads and helmets and stuff. And I know the backside of NFL, what it used to, I don't know what it's like now, but it was quite, if you they're get a concussion. They're saying that the helmets actually aren't beneficial. No, because exactly. It's the, the contact I'm doing. Makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're, you're, you're more forceful with your head because you think it's mm. supported. So therefore the brain is going to get even more of a, the Will Smith film, everyone's seen the Will Smith film, yeah, right? yeah. the thing in the, in the jar. Right. And you can see how much more of an effect the brain or how much more room the brain has to move in when it's got that knock. Mm. The, 
Yeah, I think there's. Um, I was told that with boxing as well because a lot of people question why I did my boxing fight without the helmet. Helmet. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, the the helmets are mainly to prevent cuts because uh, okay. if you there's a lot of headbutting and I guess in NFL if you didn't have the helmet and you hit your head with someone else, you'd smash it to yeah, deliver true. in with That's that with that impact. What is there? Is there a certain amount of number of concussions that you can have until they so then alerts them and say right you can't go on anymore? Um, now it's just one. For example, if I would have just said, oh, it's in playing or... Playing, yeah. so how, where, where, did, where was the point where they said you have to stop now? Um, I kind of had to make the decision right. based on all the evidence that was given to me. Um, so I that game, I had six months out. I came back. I had a little concussion then. So a little glance again to my head and I didn't feel right afterwards. Um, around... What do you call a little concussion? Was that... I call a little one just because it wasn't... I wasn't knocked out. I was just hit to the side okay. of the head. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, who so just oh finding this hilarious? No, yeah. only because the rugby players are like... They're nutters. nutters <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> oh, it was, was hit to the side of the head. Was that someone punching you? Or? No, it was, it was down to my technique, tackle technique. Okay. I came across because he was a last-ditch tackle. I came across and hit my head on his hip. Um, and then I that's the time I thought, shit, this could be my last one. Are um, you feeling more and more sensitive? Yeah, I... Th- yeah, you. Um, Are well, you going into tackles like like less confident in sort of yeah strength or subconsciously were you like a bit scared to fully go in? 100%? Yeah, as, if, as I was getting, so this would be this was my third uh, third one or second, I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. So I started to be a bit wary, staying away yeah. from rucks a little bit. Mm. So I kind of had to change my game. Whereas I was a bit, I was more of a, a reckless type of player. Yeah. Where I just put my body in the, uh, in the way. There's um, nothing more, and I know this from a you know, rugby player that's played for 19 years in their life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's nothing more horrible than having to hold back. I, I honestly think it hurts less when you go in harder, and I think it hurts a lot more if you have to hold back a little bit. Maybe because you're not using the adrenaline in your brain as much, perhaps that numbs you for that for the contact. Yeah. But there's nothing more more annoying and sort of demotivating than going to a tackle and being like, ah. I can't go too hard here. Yeah, I was more emotional with this one because leading up to this, I practiced all the technique, the right technique to get my head out of the way so I wouldn't get knocked out. And then it came down to me doing the bad technique mm. and that's how I got knocked out. So afterwards, I I've, I was emotionally oh. probably the lowest I've been in my career. Because, you, because you'd caused it yourself. Yeah. Right. So it was a lot of blame internally, like, yeah, it's my fault kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was my fault. I should have stuck to the technique that I've been practicing rather than my instinct was just get my body in the way just to tackle him. Um, Do you think there was a realisation here of thinking, okay, yes, I've made a mistake in one tackle, but if this is happening the whole time, I've clearly got a, a bigger problem here. Yeah, uh, th- at that point is why I thought this is this is probably my last one um, because I've already had six months out. And I kind of thought, shit, what am I going to do if I have to retire tomorrow or have to retire um, in two or three weeks' time, that's I've a terrifying thought. Because yeah, I've been, I've, I've ticked over my uh, qualifications. I had qualifications, but I didn't know what direction my career was going to go in. So, uh, as that, I had the concussion symptoms as well. So I was emotionally, I was in a, a bad place at that period, mm. and I was that game was in South Africa as well. So it was a long way from home. Um, so yeah, I was that 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 two days, three days was was tough. And this is a real realization moment where you're thinking the next step in my life is really important. What do I do? Who, who did you, 
I always wonder how supportive any support is in this particular instance, you know, with footballers getting injured, like Leon McKenzie sort of thing. But mm. uh, did you go to anybody or was there anybody there that you felt that would support you to move away from rugby? Yeah, we've, at that point, we just signed, um, it's called WRPA, so Wales Rugby Player Association. Someone comes and helps you with your career. And luckily we had that. He was a guy with us, Tim. Um, he well, we did a questionnaire and whatever we liked, it would go into a category of these are the jobs that you could go after. Oh, wow. Uh, so we were lucky in that, uh, that respect. So per, uh, Check out like? Assistant Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Gigolo, that sounds all right. <laughs> I couldn't count, so mm. I was out. Yeah. Model. <laughs> um, so obviously, so this is like the transition. This is what I wanted to talk about earlier. So obviously I've got a few things I, I put down last night because obviously I went through the same sort of thing emotionally mentally physically um like i just wanted to talk about like obviously building a mental like when you have to build a mental foundation for like optimal recovery so did you obviously recover not for rugby but in life right to go to the next step of your life and i know a lot of athletes that sort of speak about like you just spoke about your frustration you blamed on yourself and you go through like impatience disconnection from the sport the rugby so like talk about that like how did you did you feel disconnected from rugby when you had, when you had to stop or uh, yeah, I was. Li- I went to the doctor then a yeah. couple of weeks after, and he said, "Look, this is not your last one. You can still play. We just have a bit of time. I'll fully recover, and yeah. we'll see where we are in X amount of time." And I had tests and everything. So from that, then I was like, "Shit, I got one more. I could probably got one more chance. This is the time. I need to find a career. Um, I need to learn. Need to go forward." And then from that, then I used the guy um, Tim to help me plan. So I did. I think I did three or four three qualifications within that uh six six months yeah, um sure. so i was lucky my uh wife well girlfriend at the time she supported me of what i wanted to do she's she's in like the the brand side of things so she helped me find what i could have done after if anything went wrong were you quite comfortable in asking for help because i know of athletes have such a big ego that they often don't seek help from other people whether it's you know for your mental state, for your consciousness, or even like you said, your girlfriend, look, I actually need your help. I'm in a frustration, frustrated time of my life. So did, was it quite easy for you to go for help or? Yeah, um, I th- I thought of it as, right, I need a backup plan, a plan B, yeah. rather than asking for help. I thought, right, what, what can I do um, just in case like it happens again? Yeah. Which, and I, I just, I regretted that I didn't do it a long time ago. When you were younger, twenty-two. Yeah, but I suppose when you were young, you sort of have that eagerness and drive to just fucking to yeah. push on. You don't really think about anything else, no. do you? So yeah. the language that you use as well—it's quite a masculine language to use. Be like, right, I need a plan B rather than like, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's like when you know you speak to somebody that's having therapy or counselling, whatever. They're like, I need to go, you know, get my head right, you know, sort my head out, rather than like. I'm feeling really sad at the moment and I want to go and speak to somebody about it. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? The, the language. I can imagine yeah. that's similar in the in the in the you know changing room as well. How did the how did your you know um colleagues, you call them colleagues or like teammates, teammates. how do they respond to that? <laughs> colleagues. Mr. Yeah. Corp over. Yeah, they were supportive. Um making sure I was okay, always asking about me, um, making sure I took my time, even all the staff, everything, everything was down to my interpretation of how I'm feeling day to day. Um and I, yeah, I literally took my time. I went to play. So my first game back then, I went to play for a lower league team, so like a semi-professional team, just because because um, I was picked to play against, uh, I think it was Munster, and I said to them, look, I, I'm i not ready. It's my, this will be my first game back, and I want to make sure I can get through a game because it's been six, 
I think it's been a year and I've only finished three games. Right. Mm. Um, and I went, so I went back a level and they were quite, um, yeah, they were quite respectful for that and everyone understood my decision. I, I wasn't turning down playing for Ospreys. I was just wanted to make sure I felt as if I didn't want to let anyone down by, this was my mental state. I wanted didn't want to uh, let anyone down by going on the pitch and coming off early, coming mm. off with three minutes or five minutes and putting everyone, whereas I should have thought of my health yeah. as the mm-hmm. reason rather than letting other people, people down. down yeah. Were yeah. you? Were you? That's interesting. I don't know what it's like in with the crowd, but I think of in uh, the crowd and rubber. But in football, I, I can imagine f- when you see a footballer trying and they come on and then they go off twenty minutes later and everyone's like. Oh, sick! No, he's always injured. Whatever. Did that? Did you have those kind of thoughts running through your head? Like anything about the fans thinking that you were just this, you know, yeah, sick note player? Um, no, I, d- I didn't actually. Until now, thanks again. Yeah. Until <laughs> <laughs> now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I didn't. It was more to do with I didn't want to let anyone down. I, I got mm-hmm. this bit of a fear. I don't like letting people down. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Whereas I sh- the, the like coaches said, no, you do it for your health. Don't worry about anyone else. And they kind of helped me in that way. So it's a mental reframing that you've made there as well. Yeah. It sounds like you've discovered this quite recently that I need to remember and put, on, put myself first. It actually helps everybody else in the long run too. Yeah. Is that is that Was this just through that experience that you kind of learned that about yourself? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and from that, I played for Abraham, they were called. I uh, played for them and I, fa- I finished the game and the relief of just starting and finish a game was just, just well, I, it's hard to explain, but I was, yeah, it made a big difference. Did you still have a buzz for rugby or were you just more buzzing about being able to Yeah, the first get 10 minutes, first five minutes, I was like, oh, right, hope everything goes well. Hope everything. So I, I was very nervous before that game. Um, as the game went on, I started thinking less about that and more about what was in front of me. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just got lost in the game then, so nice. I could feel I started to enjoy it a lot more. Um, Start to be present in the moment. Yeah, present, mindful. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you're playing for a, a lower-level team at this point. Where, When do you decide, right, I'm going to London? I played for that lower l- team, and then the week after was Boxing Day, and I played, I was picked up on the wing against Scarlets, and that's when I had a n- last knockout. This is for Ospreys, right? This for, yeah, so you Ospreys. went back yeah. to Ospreys. Ospreys, yeah. Right. So I went from Aberavon. A week later, it was Boxing Day. Played, um, I mean, it was two weeks later. I played uh, Scarlet on Boxing Day. And then I got knocked out. Uh, head hit the floor from an aerial challenge. Oh, that was one I watched, yeah. Yeah, and then... Yeah, that was brutal. That was my last one then. Wow. That must have been devastating for you, obviously, with the coaches watching that happen as well because they, they would have known... And worried about you, yeah. knowing that was probably the last time that you would play. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I made it harder again. It was my, because it was my wife's ex girlfriend at the time. It was uh, her birthday, Boxing Day. Right. Um, she came to watch me. She uh, she used to live away in London as well, so she came down for the holidays to come and watch me as well. And I went off at thirty five minutes. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was tough. It's tough pretty unlucky, well. isn't it, to get like, all these concussions in your. And this you know, is the point like where you, so you you already, I guess, you have had the conversation with yourself and with your coaches that you will be moving into something else if this happens again. It almost sounds like you're breaking up with a girlfriend over and over again, isn't it? You're sort of like, no, no, okay, this time we'll be fine. Mm. How did, did you How did you know this is the time now and this is done? Um, well, my 
contract, I was going to have six months out. I went to see the doctor and he was like, look, you can have six months out. The more time you have, the better. And then I thought, right, my contract r- runs out in June. Um, what do I do? Do I have more time? Uh, do I have? Because I was thinking, if I have a year out, uh, hopefully I'll be f- a lot better. I'll be fine. Mm. But who's going to sign me um, with this history as well? So I thought, right, what I can do is I can try and sort out a career ready. Um, maybe go away, um, get out to the rugby loop, and try and recover as well as build a career. Wow. So I thought, I've got this opportunity now. I'm not. I, I I'm out of contract, so I can get away from that. Because I think if I would have stayed, if I had another year left in my contract, I would have found it hard to be in that rugby environment because it would have made me want to play, get back. And so is this your 12 months out that you decided yeah. to have, yeah? So yeah. it's the 12 months out. So from there, I thought, right, I'm not going to sign for anyone. I'm going to just go away for a year and uh, hopefully I'll recover. And, but as well as that, that gave me a bit of a kick up the ass saying, right, my money f- stops here. Yeah. I need a job by this date and I need to get it up and running otherwise I'm going to find it hard. So you've got 12 months sprint whilst you're still being paid by Ospreys? I got paid f- up, so this was on uh, so Boxing Day December. Uh, I got paid up until May and then from June that's when my contract ended and then so needed yeah, a salary quite, from there. I'm getting the feeling you're quite excited. Were you quite excited about doing something different? What was the feeling? Yeah, I was actually. Um, just because when I moved up, I found a gym that is exactly like a rugby environment. Because a lot of people speak about, um, f- you, m- you might know as well, mm. is that team, you miss the team environment. Mm. Um, and I went to a couple of big gyms and it just seemed to be just your individual. Yeah. You find yeah. your own work. Can you, can you name names? <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Lloyd, Pure Gym, you know what it's like, mate. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got introduced by one of the guys from back home, Ryan. Um, he introduced me to Manor, and it was full of ex-professionals, but where there's boxers and people who've been in the industry for a long time, and they had a they, well, they had a team environment. And I thought, shit, this is, this is amazing. Mm. It's quite a unique gym, Manor, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I haven't been yet. There's a big brotherhood there, I think. Because we, yeah. I mean, I know that obviously Ian, they've um, trained our friend Ian to, to box. <laughs> How the fuck they did that? I mean, <laughs> wow, fair play to them. Uh, yeah. And it was good boxing as well. Because, um, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, there's ex-UFC fighters, there's ex-boxers there. Are they all, I guess they're all going through a similar thing, aren't they? And yeah. Because you, you must have immediately been like, okay, these guys, they feel like, even though they've not played rugby, they've come from a really high level of professionalism and had to sort of start almost from the beginning again. Mm. Yeah, what was interesting is a few of them finish from concussion and not oh, really? uh, bad oh, heads wow. and okay. head traumas so it was, it was good to chat with them and it was good to be in an environment where they've they felt the same and we can compare symptoms because no one concussion is the same so no, of course it was amazing just to chat and yeah chat about open up things like that so somebody who's felt that they've done the same when you had obviously this 12 months I know, I know a lot of our listeners you know they're not just athletes or sports people they're you know people relatively in their business or they probably think they might have a year out of business as well what advice would you give obviously our listeners to going from one thing that you've known all your life to obviously then taking it's a huge step to take 12 months out um to do what obviously you want to do or love what advice would you give to our listeners to to take that step i i found that the energy i had for rugby and my goal of the last three years was to play for wales and i didn't get that yeah i didn't i didn't get my welsh cap which is something i'm well I, i Miss out, missed out on. Um, 
and that energy that I wanted for that, I put it into my next career and why I want to be as successful as I can just oh, so I can just so I can override that feeling of not having that Welsh cap. Yeah. So you're almost you're overriding your goal. You're changing yeah, your goal. Changing the goal but, but with the same determination and drive. Yes. Yeah. So, so with that, how do you put a have you put a number or a, a metric on that? Because obviously winning a cap's quite an e- not an easy metric, but it's easy to measure. It's measurable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a measurable. So what's your measurable for your 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 personal training career? In the summer I give myself I want to have four clients a day. Um, four hours a day, Christmas time. Um, that was my goal. That was the start of my goal. That four hours a day. Four hours that a day. is a, that's a mini goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's four like, hours a day. Mm. I want to be every day, four hours a day. Yeah, that's and amazing. I'll be happy. I'm reading a lot about habits at the moment. There's a guy called James Clear that's written a book called Atomic Habits, and he speaks about the importance of systems versus goals. Right. It's everyone, but everyone builds a goal, but there's going to be you know unhappiness if you don't achieve it, or complacency when you do. What you can't break is a system. And it's almost, you know, starting very small. And actually, that's a really interesting hack because you've gone, right, instead of going, by 2019, I'm going to have 15 clients. How the fuck am I going to get there? you just gone, right, four, four hours a day or four a day, whatever it was. Yeah. And I can work to that and that will then build into mm-hmm. a macro size goal. Yeah. Did you use your, so when you was obviously playing rugby, you, you obviously learned a lot from your S&C coaches and stuff. You did four qualifications, right? What were they when you? Uh, that was just personal training level one, two, three, and then I did a extra one, which is level four, like an intro into strength and conditioning. Yeah. So what was your like, philosophy in regards to coaching or did you, you take what you learned from rugby into your what you do now at Manor? Yeah, um, I was lucky because I had that time from December to May to plan because mm. I couldn't train because of my head. So I had that time to plan ahead what I was going to do. Um, I made a brand for myself, so I wanted the people to have the experience of what an athlete trains like. And yeah. that was all down to goal settings. Um, people with goals have a determination. Oh, 100%. And I wanted to bring that into personal training, yeah. whether every day you have a little goal. Mm. So weights, like every day I used to turn up to the gym and they say, right, you're doing this weight today. You're hitting this like speed. This amount, or, yeah. yeah. So it builds up over time. So that was my philosophy. That's why with my brand, it's Unleash Your Inner Athlete. That's how I sell it. Um, that's really cool everyone has that inner athlete doesn't they yeah know? and have, has the ability or ha- should have a um, chance to try and get out of them yeah and no, I think it's, I think obviously watching your Instagram and videos and stuff I really like you know your workouts and what what you sort of achieve and what you're trying to bring across because I know a lot of PTs out there like these days we talk about all the time go online and get a course for six weeks and they call themselves a PT, and there's no goal setting. They, they just literally get a notepad. People go to them for to achieve something, and they never really do, but they think they are. Yeah. But with you, you've got so much years of experience, and you've been through ups and downs of your career, mentally, physically, and now you're doing like you're a PT. You're actually helping people, and that's what what we're doing with the app and stuff. Is people like Ben are just the perfect perfect athlete to to work with, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know um, that Pooch is setting up an app that's helping athletes that have come to the end of their career then uh, connect to people that want to be trained by them in whatever their field is cool. so yeah, it's quite it's like awesome. yeah i won't yeah. go too much either it's yeah, uber, for, it, uber yeah. for athletes almost. yeah no but yeah but just yeah. what are you doing it's like yeah it's just it's just amazing it's perfect and i think people need to realize that you're going to be benefited more by going with someone like yourself like ben with you know you just because you don't have ten thousand, twenty thousand followers on instagram you know, that's what you everyone looks at. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what everyone looks at them, you know, don't they? Yeah. They go on social media. Oh, he's got 50,000 followers. 
like, oh, he must be such a good trainer. Well, no. You know, mm. it's true. Yeah. It's well, they're spending too much time behind their phones and not, you know, behind the bar, I guess, yeah, yeah. or actually doing the work. I love one of the things that you put up, which I think it was, um, if you can't get to the gym today, here's a quick minute of, well, it's not a minute, but here's like a minute of different exercises you can do. It's like giving away this kind of free information, which I think people mm. would find really helpful. Yeah, yeah. we've we filmed office exercises. We've I, I was the cameraman. Wow. I filmed a couple yeah. of those things. Some terrible shots. They were actually awful. The shaky hand he's got. Was yeah. it? Yeah, nervous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's only let me do it twice and it's been a few months sacked him sacked him yeah. <laughs> fucking you got the sack mate yeah. <laughs> sacked Ian but um, as I said I had that period and I listed down right what do personal trainers need um, and how can I sell because I got no I'll have no money after was it after and at that time I had to pay for a wedding as well so it's not as if I could even use my salary to save up I had to fund a wedding that was in may as well congrats so thank you yeah <laughs> where was it where did you get married uh in a place margham park which is uh her hometown oh, amazing. so yeah it was lovely beautiful proper welsh wedding yeah it was uh, yeah it was amazing actually it was beautiful weather lots of sheep a lot of sheep ollie you're next <laughs> yeah, you married a sheep by the way married <laughs> <laughs> a sheep. you're next you all <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> What um you said you wrote down what do personal trainers need or did you mean what do clients need? No, personal trainers. What can I do to be the best? Um, so I put down right. First of all, where can I sell? I can sell on Instagram. So I bought a like how to like Instagram how to literally use it. Mm. So like I've done a lot of research on that as well as that. I Excel. What's the easiest way to program Excel? So I bought a package where I can learn to use Excel. It was like a six five week program that teaches you how to use excel probably mm. and use all the codes and the sums so i learned that um what else did i do as well as the qualifications um yeah did I you lean on any other personal trainers you knew for for support and setting up um did mana help you at all or anything like that ospreys helped me because i asked can i go and coach the um snc for the academy so I went every day, f uh, they started like six o'clock in the morning. So before my own uh, day's work, I would go there uh, every day just to help them with their strength and conditioning. So overlook and help them with techniques and sprinting. And so I learned a lot from that. And in the evenings then twice a week, I did Welsh netball. So right. I helped them with their, so I tried to do as much as I can in yeah. that free bit of time where I was paid to, to be a rugby player. So how have you found the transition from receiving orders and being told what to do pretty much most of your life, I guess, as a player, to being on the other side of the spectrum and being the one that gets people motivated, gets people to reach their goals, gets people to meet their dreams? Yeah, it's uh, it's been the first couple of weeks was, was a bit strange with personal training, just because um, in our gym, we used to like pass each other the weights, we used to load the weights up together. But I was the guy in charge and I was the guy getting paid to do that for someone. So that was quite funny. I remember <laughs> handing a weight to someone and they were like, what are you, doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, you do that for me. 50 <laughs> kg. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's all right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was always motivated. I'm always, uh, if you know me, I'm always happy. I'm always positive. Mm. Um, so I, find, I found that quite easy because I coached. I, when I was 19, I did a lot of coaching. So I'm used to directing, not directing, but helping people yeah. coaching. So I found it quite natural because um, I, I do enjoy the coaching side because another thing, the first thing I did was search rugby teams up here so I can coach. So I'm still involved with rugby. Yeah. Um, so a team in Dulwich, Old Alanians, so I coach them. 
Um, that's they wanted you to play, didn't they? Um, <laughs> I said I might after Christmas, just wow. to have a couple. Of yeah, there you Man go, the return. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> not nice. Ruled out now. Ruled out. Yeah. yeah, unless I stand on the wing, don't don't tackle. Does it does it get frustrating watching that level of rugby though, knowing that you could come on and make a big difference? I find that um, before that, all I've coached is well, uni and younger. But on that um, senior level, I find it really frustrating just because it's so up and down. One minute you're doing well, next minute this going try. Ah, it's, mm. it's so it's frustrating because like you can't do anything. You can't yeah. apply what you, you've you done. And ah, it is just so frustrating just because yeah, you can't change the game. Yeah. You just got to let them do it. <laughs> but I'm loving it. It's, it's good. Well, what about like nutrition and stuff? Obviously, you've been, I imagine, is it a strict diet when you're playing for things like Ospreys? Do you have to stick to a strict diet or not really? Um, strange because a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, get yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think the world class players do, like the, the people that the play internationally? Yeah, I think they they do take their they're a lot more seem to be a lot more professional with their play because they want the best out of themselves, and mm. they probably either find out information or they source it from someone who's a nutritionist a lot lot better. But you get you do get some players who are just happy because they because they train a lot. We train three times a day. They yeah. think they can eat anything they want. Yeah, um, and it does make a big difference that nutrition side of things. On that with rugby, some players need to be fat, right? Because I watch <laughs> I watch rugby. Yeah. So that Welsh guy with the long the long black hair, Colin Chavez. I don't remember his name, <laughs> but he's like he looks he just he looks like a guy that. Drinks a lot of pints no, down Jason the pub. Hey, Lewis, sorry, what's your what's your thing called? With the big belly, There's Sheen. the bruiser. Sheen. <laughs> no, but in rugby, there there are players that look quite fat, right? And you're gonna have bigger players because um, like different positions, props, right? Yeah, yeah, props gotta push against uh, each other in the scrum, and there's I think it's like 800 stone going through that scrum. Some stupid. So they just eat. Do they, what, what do they eat? They, they need to be a lot stronger, a lot bigger. So mm. you need a bit of fat to support that muscle. That's why you see like world strongest man. They're mm. not shredded. No, they always carry a bit of big, a lot of fat mm. because it has to support. Well, sumo wrestlers as well. Yeah. yeah. So in regards to like yourself now, would you? I know you you did like a body weight thing, didn't you? How long did you? Was that six six weeks? Yeah. So at the moment, I'm doing a body weight thing, so I'm not doing any weights just yeah. so I can prove that you don't need to. Uh, you don't need to. I really want to jump on that with you because yeah. I'm the same. I don't believe in weights. Yeah. Well, I do weights, but I, I'm quite into my body weight and stuff. And there's a guy called Simic Nutrition. I don't know if you've seen him on. He just does body weights and he's fucking shredded. Yeah. Oh my God. Because, yeah, I looked into it and it doesn't. You don't need to. To build muscle, you don't need to lift weights. No. All you do is go to failure. So I could, for example, I could put 60K in the bar and do mm. 12 reps and go to failure for that. Or I can do. 100 press-ups. It does the same Way, thing. Way, hold on. Wow, yeah. hold on. This is a new... Hold on. It's interesting because Ollie's probably the, got He's the bigger, the bigger so, muscles. Yeah. No, but so. this is really interesting. So, okay, I've been weight training for, I think I had 10 or 11 years and I've yeah. done it the same way for a long time. So I... Okay, I reckon I'll speak for about 80% of people to go to the gym. I'll do four to five sessions a week and I'll... I'll Break it down by muscle groups. So I'll be right. like, okay, today is chest day, tomorrow yeah. is legs Monday. day. Yeah, mon- no, 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 no. It's <laughs> not chest day. Monday, no, Monday, not chest- mate. I, yeah, yeah, chest yeah. is Tuesday for fuck's sake. Ah, okay. No, but so yeah, you know what you know where that's going, right? And obviously, yeah. if you want to put on muscle, you do between six to eight reps and four sets, and then you want to burn or shred fat. The old way was always do four times fifteen reps or whatever till failure. 
since about three years ago, I got myself, well, no, about six months ago, I got a personal trainer who, he follows this as well. Like, we, we, we're trying to do heavy squats, so therefore we'll start on squats, but he'll still, like, superset in deadlifts and fucking lunges and stuff. And I'm like, how can I do a heavy squat? Because mm. I used to just do a set of six, and I'd have a minute and a half break in between each set. I wouldn't be panting, but I would maybe after the set. Yeah. This guy has me working hard throughout the whole way, you know, I'm not not out of breath. I'm not not doing a new exercise. Am I going to still have the same effect in my muscle growth if I'm not maybe doing as heavy, but I'm still going to failure? Yeah. Um, it depends what your goal is. If you're looking just to build muscle, mm. then going to failure, so that's what you need to do over a certain amount of reps. Um, if you go f- like three threes, that's strength. So you're going mm. to failure or whatever in those three reps, but it's strength because you're not getting that ha- volume. I just want to look good. What so do yeah. I do? So you look lovely. The diagnosis? Diagnosis? Diff- difference between doing 15 reps or doing 100 reps of um, press-ups is the time. Yeah. It just takes a lot longer to do 100 reps than it does 12, obviously. Do you think, so what's the, if it's, uh, you know, if time, I can't remember words out here, but if, if, you, if it's quicker to do it Ollie's way, what's the benefit of doing it with the press-ups? Is that less muscle strain long-term or less injury Joints. long-term? Joints. Um, scientifically i'm i don't really know because <laughs> i think it, it does it is a difference between them both but if you're looking for just a muscle growth they grow the same size or okay. around the same size mm. doing both but what actually what's happening in the muscle i'm not 100 percent sure i imagine it's cardiovascularly as well because you when you're working to failure when you're doing you know to you know that that kind of intensity you are also working your, your cardiovascular system, which is inevitably a good thing. Mm. So I imagine your way is better, or this new way that I'm learning is better. Right. But without weights, is that what? Tell me, tell me, tell me through it's this. Probably, probably good to mix it up as well. Okay. If you've done, how long do you say? Eight years? Maybe like nine. Look at him, he's a fucking yeah. block. He's had a, he's had a six pack since <laughs> he was good. Uh, no, I've, 10. Got it, I've got it back now. I've got my yeah. six pack back. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've had it since you were 10. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did have a, yeah, I used to, um, I used to think, <laughs> when it was actually, when I got into, Body sculpting. Why are you calling it body sculpting? <laughs> Fuck it, I'll call Sculpt. it that. So, but when I was when I learned about that, I, we had a coach called Chris Dean, who was this fucking insane man, and we did this test. Um, we did the bleep test every Sunday twice. Right. It was mad. Right. And then, and then twice. in the summer, he would say, "Right, okay, every day I want you doing these exercises." But actually, he gave us exercises to do every week. I did them every single day in the summer. And I did the bleep test every other day, and I did these sit-ups and press-ups and these um, circular things with my arm. Anyway, I found my, my body was changing, and when you're 13, 14, you only really see your abs. Yeah. So I now have this thing in my head where I'm, if unless I have abs, I'm not in good shape. Right. It's really odd. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I always had a bit of a complex when I was younger about being quite skinny and not having enough muscle on me. So then I went the other way. I was like, right, okay, I want to bulk out and get really big. So then I did the kind of slower, more sets kind of exercise. Now I'm in this kind of weird cross between the two where I just want to have a healthy physique. Balance. And balanced and abs at the same time. Yeah. What I think I'm an average person in that desire. What do you think I should do? Take me through Monday to Friday. <laughs> Thank you. Monday to Friday. <laughs> First of all, um, it's all about diet, really. Yeah. Wow. Keto. Literally. Keto. No, it's about, it's, I'd say, I'd, I'd done all the percentages, but if you sort your diet out, you can do just move during yeah. the day, do your press-ups or do your gym work, and it'll make a hell of a difference. That's mm. when you can see your abs, and uh, you lose body, you lose body fat that way. Um, as long as your calories in um, is lower than your calories out, mm-hmm. then you're gonna lose fat, lose weight. Okay. Um, and that's 
that's the main goal of uh, a lot of people. Stop but eating shit, yes. actually, mate. <laughs> so, uh, double so, cream for fucking double cream for dinner. I know that is that's what I'm allowed to do. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of mobility work, don't you? Yeah. Um, I found with rugby, I got so stiff in my neck, especially like so many whiplashes I've had. Mm. Um, so I started doing a lot more mobility. Mm. Uh, I just I've done weights since I was 16, so yeah. I wanted to try something different, um, and I wanted to show you don't really need to do weights. You can do body weight stuff, so mm. that's why I'm doing the like a six week at the moment with week three blitz, where um, I get a lot of people and I post them every the day before. I before. think yeah, I think mobility is so important because functionally, as an athlete, if you're more mobile, you're going to be stronger anyway. Yeah, um, in regards to lifting, in regards to movement, um, injury prevention. But you well. you yeah. you train a lot of for explosive movement as well, right? Because I've seen a lot of your exercises. I guess that is important in rugby is to be ha- and professional performances, explosiveness. Yeah. That also um, burns fat and builds muscle explosive um, workouts, right? Yeah, so how we would work, we would do four weeks. So that three months I was talking to you in that preseason, it would be four weeks of um, hypertrophy. So that's the muscle building. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have four weeks then of strength. So getting as strong as we can. So five reps, uh, three reps. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have four weeks then of turning our strength into as much uh, speed and power as we can. And then we would sw- cycle our twelve week cycle all the way through the uh all the way through the year. But in the uh, pre season that's how much gains we get. So we were so used to doing power movements because of it's a power sport. Yeah, the power, yeah. But I'll be honest, I haven't really done much power stuff in the last mm-hmm. it, it is taxing. It is taxing yeah. on the uh, on the body. So what would be like okay, so very quickly like five tips for diet, five tips for fitness. Or three. Or three. Well, that's that's yeah. ten tips. Your main tips for <laughs> your main tips for nutrition, your main tips for like gym. Uh, main tri- tips for nutrition, I would say start eating veg. And if you don't like veg, fucking eat your veg. Eat your veg. It probably takes it normally takes about six goes on average to like something. Yeah. A lot probably everyone here didn't like coffee at one point. No, true. All, all love coffee now. Also just on that as well. It's like mouth what, pleasure. T- yeah, mouth pleasure. All we markets, markets, right? Yeah. Ten it. seconds of even not even that, five seconds of bad mouth pleasure for, for whatever body pleasure. So yeah. just fucking deal with it. Yeah. Sorry. And um <laughs> weekends as well. It's so it's good eating. It's, it's good eating uh decent through the week, but a weekend is the killer. That's when uh, Yeah, that's my that's when I that yeah, that's my uh, 19 pints on a Friday night and bacon points. sandwich in the morning. <laughs> no, and then it's the three, the three deliveries on a Saturday or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting though, because people, but people think weekends is that break. Cheat like, day. Well, cheat people day. think yeah. you can cheat on the weekends, right? My weekend starts on Thursday night as well. So my, my weekend starts and finishes on Sunday. So sorry, Thursday starts and Sunday it finishes. I'm eating whatever I kind of want. Yeah. In it's all to do with structure. During the week, you've got structure. You yeah. know you're eating here, here and here. Yeah. So you think weekend. go take it into the weekend? Yeah, take, try and take it into the weekend or have your own different structure on the weekends. Yes. Uh, it's going to be different to your week because you're yeah. not working. So try and find a good balance. It's all about consistency. If you have a bad meal, next meal, make sure, make sure, it's, it's, good. Make sure yeah. it's good. How yeah, do you keep yourself consistent? with? Because I know that having watched you over the last sort of year, you you seem to be up at the same time doing, the, like you seem very into your routine how did you start that routine and, and what tips do you have for for getting in that consistency um first of all because i i wake up and make sure i have a purpose waking up because a lot of people train in the morning so that's my purpose i gotta get up early because people want to train before work um my i do have long days but i've been kind of that's been my life for the last 10 years is routine 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 
Uh, I've been taught like I've been following schedules since I was 16. Um, so it's just habit. It's just trying to turn that route. It's like, for example, January resolutions. I bet 80% of people at the moment are probably clinging on fuck to their resolutions, resolutions man. Fuck yeah, yeah. we've slated them previously. Yeah, so <laughs> it would probably be best. For example, people probably thought, right, if I go to the gym every day now, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm making the difference. Mm. Go to the gym three times a week and try and keep that over four, five, six months mm. rather than trying to do it all in three weeks. Yeah, of course. So it's just consistency and then that consistency then will turn into habit. Yes. Um, Boom. Yeah, so I think, I think on that, we've kind of touched into it, but what do you see as the main hurdle for people not achieving their fitness dreams? I think, or what I've found out is a lot of people are like, ah, I've, I messed up yesterday, so there's no point. I'll, I'll start on Monday yes. and it's Wednesday. Mm. As I said, you know, <laughs> I'll start on a new week. Yeah, oh, that yeah. is a little okay, bollocks, I feel like he's it? talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like for yeah. example, Ian, if you said to me on Thursday, oh, I'm going to start, I'm going to get back in the gym, and then you're like, oh, I'll, start, I'll start on Monday though. It's like, no, why don't you just start later or tomorrow morning? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that is so? Because even though, yeah, yeah, last session we met an entrepreneur, and his best advice to us was just start. Yeah. So rather than believe the narrative and story that you tell yourself, just fucking, just fucking start. Do, just it. do it. Yeah. I like that. Actually, whilst you're here as well, we have we have some questions that we um we got from some, some yes, of our listeners. It's a new dog days yeah, feature. This we, we're open questions questions to the uh, to the public. Really we're starting ones. to build some fans now. So. Yeah, yeah. We've actually got a friend who's making a debut back into rugby. Mad oh, dog nice. Murray Shepherd. Um, Murray played at quite a high level actually. He was he he was a centre and he was low and hard. The guy really interesting. The best advice the coach ever said to him was when he was about twelve years old. He said, look at the goalpost, run towards it, and nothing else. And that's his best. And honestly, Makes when you watch sense, him play, yeah. fucking straight lines every yeah. time. Yeah. And he's so big, he's got his huge legs. Anyway, he's making a return um, back to back to rugby. His question is quite interesting. It's much more around sort of mental well-being. Um, and he's asked around kind of like, is there, how do you feel about, you know, the purpose of rugby? And he's asked, <laughs> I'll put it in Murray's words. He said, a lot of people end up looking at their computer screen, wandering around what to do with their life. Um, and how many and how many hours we look at a piece of plastic under the same ceiling every day, day in day out? With something like playing professional rugby, do you get the same feeling in terms of what the fuck is this all about? Are we just chasing an egg, <laughs> <laughs> or or is there a total sense of freedom, travel, companionship, and is there mental support to keep players uh, attached to their their sense of purpose in training and playing day in day out? So oh, it's a double so, double edged yeah. question there. Good question. What's how do you keep your purpose during rugby, and is there support around that? Um, last couple of years of when I play, I thought because I used to be really bogged down about, as I said, I used to think about what people thought of me, and um, I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing with the coaches and like playing the way that they want me to play. Um, and then I just thought rugby is and it's supposed to be a sport. It's a sport which is entertainment, so I'm gonna try it, try things, I'm gonna try and loosen up, try and relax. And then that's I think that's when I started to play better, is because literally I didn't take it for. Oh, I I, I just relax. I wasn't so uptight about it, making mistakes. And when you start making mistakes, you start going it within yourself. And mm. I thought, right, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna try something. If it doesn't work, I'll practice that next time. And just with, yeah, I just thought I didn't really see her as a, as a job. I just thought it. It was something I loved doing. I've done this since I was 16. Um, Probably before then as well. Yeah, before then, yeah. So I think it started when I was 11. So I was kind of very lucky. I was, I was, I didn't have, I didn't have a job. So 
I still say I've only had ever one job, and that's personal training. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. I, I really like this one. It's from Nick Albin. Oh. Any tips on how to get to sleep after an evening workout? Because I often get that, way. especially when I play football, you lie in bed, I know contemplating all those it. chances I've missed. Well, after a session. Yeah, just after, like when you go to the gym, it, a lot of people like doing it in the evening. Masturbation, whatever you recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, does he take anything pre workout? Mm, interesting. When I, is the last mm. time you drank a coffee? Because they say after, shouldn't be any time after two or three, because it takes eight hours to get caffeine out of your body. Mm. Um, what is he doing before bed? As in, is he on his phone? But you shouldn't is. be on your phone about hour before bed because it stimulates your, your mind by looking at things. TV as well. Um, you read a book. It's the brightness, isn't it? The yeah, brightness makes brightness, you think it's day. Yeah. Your mind mm-hmm. thinks it's day. So you're just yeah. sitting there like this. So it's more, it's more, it's not like, yeah, it's more preventing. What about that. nutritionally? Is there anything that you would recommend? Um, nutritionally, um, I've locked out a couple of things with the mushrooms. The mushrooms, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a mushroom there called Rishi. You can uh, come, Rishi. yeah, Rishi. So you have that before bed, and it kind of winds you down. Nice. As well as that, if that doesn't work, you can try and have a hot bath that normally makes you a bit, bit sleepy. Um, yeah, there's loads of things. Uh, helps you sleep as well as the walnuts. Really? Yeah, a couple of handful of walnuts help you sleep nice. with the magnesium. There's um, magnesium, isn't it? That's the main thing. Yeah, so yeah, things walnuts. like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got one here as well from John Turpey, um, who's actually back to rugby on this one. And he's a doctor. And he's a doctor as well. Doctor. You've got a real, you, yeah. I've, I've watched him play rugby at Wasps, actually, for his um, university, Brighton. Anyway, um, looking back at Bloodgate with Harlequins, uh, it's easy to see with the increased financial investment in the sport that the will to win at any cost is becoming greater. With the physics and intensity of seasons, of a season, do you think that PEDs are becoming more prevalent in rugby? i.e. performance-enhancing drugs. Ooh. Um, He's going to turn around and say he takes them. Yeah, yeah. I'm Ronnie Coleman over <laughs> All <here>. the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the seasons, I, I believe the seasons are way too long anyway. It's a collision contact sport and it's 11 months long. Yeah. Especially for internationals, they only get a month break. And that's, I think, why the injuries are so high. The squads are now 60 players. I don't think there is another sport that is contact and... It is that long. NFL was at six months. Six months, yes. Yeah, boxing, get a long you break. have three fights, maybe maximum three fights a year. Yeah, so Joshua like, does two all, a year, doesn't he? Yeah, first of all, that needs to come down. But I'll be honest, with rugby where I'm fine, I, I didn't see any any performance enhancing drugs. Um, so I've been kind of out of that. Um, so it's, it's hard to really judge because obviously it does happen, but mm, I yeah. haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. All the sporting Olympics happens there. Um, of course yeah and yeah it's hard, hard to really say but it, it, yeah it does happen there is more intensity is what I think we've discovered yeah back to another question for me okay what are bad recommendations you hear in your new profession bad recommendations yeah. um, I like that question oh, that's a good question that's a good question mm. I think a lot of people probably get bogged down by Everyone seems to be obsessed by going to the gym. You don't have to go to the gym. That's why I'm doing the blitz work. I'm doing your house. You're doing the hotel. Go for a walk. As long as you're active, as long as you're moving. That's why I don't think a lot of PTs are doing is just telling them to get out and move. Use the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, just just being active. Walking 30 minutes a day makes a hell of a difference on losing body fat because you're burning calories. Um, with nutrition, I think it's huge. Everything's so complicated now. Just 
Eat veg. Eat, <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat veg, eat meat. I was just yeah. thinking yeah. what I was going to call this in the write-up. I was going to call it just eat veg. Just, <laughs> just, just eat properly, no. yeah. yeah. Every, like, yeah. as you said, keto and yeah. all yeah. this, it's all coming out. It's just, just eat proper, yeah. proper food. O- yeah. If you eat less than what you are, like, if you burn more than what you're eating, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. I had oh, it written down earlier. Yeah. Oh, go, go on, go, you, you, you sure? Ask. Yeah, yeah. No, only because he talks about movement and stuff. I actually, I... I because I know you do a lot, but you believe in a lot of moves. I think it's so important. People just need, we, us as humans just need to fucking move and play and mm. fucking get out there. Everyone's in that system that we talk about, you know, just sits there every day and they get so used to not doing fucking anything. Get up, stretch, five minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. move. Like mm. That is being active, you know? True. You don't have to go to the fucking gym. Yeah, exactly, on, yeah. On veg, eat veg, what do you think of veganism? Dun, dun, what do dun. I think of it? Because we got one opposite us. Yeah. Well, 80-20, 80-20 vegan. I should probably remove it from my profile. 80-20. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you're hearing there is non-commitment. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's a few sportsmen now becoming uh, vegan. I had one, uh, one of my mates, Eli, who's a vegan rugby player. Um, does he get fucking loads of stick in a dressing room? I bet he, he does. fucking <laughs> does. Yeah, I knew he would. He yeah. just throw carrots at him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he can handle himself, so uh, not many people used to go after him. But mm. uh, I think it's hard in sport because... When people turn vegan, I think you feel amazing for two, three months when you when you make that transition. But because your body's so used to eating meat or whatever it is for so fucking long, twenty yeah. years, like we talk about habit and stuff, and then you ch- you get rid of all that and you go into something new. Your that's your like your body's gonna take a while to fucking get used to that. Yeah. And then you go through that stage of feeling like shit and like detoxifying or whatever it is, and that's when you feel weak and you feel you start to lose your muscles and stuff. Right. And that's the scary part, I think. Yeah. And people were scared of that part. Right. But I, I, I don't after that then. What then you fucking flourish, man. You get eight abs and fucking. Yeah, I don't know, no, I but don't see, I don't see an issue as long. No. as long as, as, long as you're eating you right. Well, right. Yeah. To, yeah. to be fair, Russell Lee of Manor, he's probably the best in shape out of any of the Manor yeah. coaches, and he's a vegan. Oh really? He's like mid. Well, isn't he? Yeah, he's about thirty-six, yeah. and he yeah. looks about twenty-five. I, yeah. I think personally, I think it suits depend uh, different people. I think different yeah. diets suit different people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I agree. It's yeah. really easy to be like everyone should be a vegan. Why was if you have a deficiency in? magnesium or iron or whatever yeah you're gonna really struggle to live that up well yeah. everyone's different aren't they yeah. exactly that's why yeah. i like keto guys <laughs> i just love cheese mate yeah, <laughs> yeah. i just fucking yeah. love honestly love i used to have yeah. a thing called gout days where i just eat like fromage and meat oh, wow. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I say i used to last night fucking up it was yeah. amazing yeah. double cream zucchini oh, bacon yeah. chicken and a few onions lovely doesn't get better <laughs> yeah. should, we, should we say one one more question each yeah yeah, yeah. And wrap it up yeah, you got any more um, I want a quick 30 minute exercise that's going to shred as much fat as possible um, which exercise should I do 30 minute exercise that's going to shred as much fat as possible um, yeah literally something like you can just go for a go for a three minute jog. <laughs> yeah. That's enough. Um, really? Yeah, just yeah. different sprints. Can, yeah, um, yeah. Anything really. You can just anything that's constant over thirty minutes. Just move different angles. Like you can do burpees for thirty minutes. That's wow. gonna be hard, but oh. you'll burn you wow. a lot of serious. Thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you if you look at my good. page on Instagram, there's a lot of work. Yeah, you there, love right? a burpee, don't you? Yeah, I think it's quality yeah, yeah. mm. I quite like them. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot, there is a lot of hate movement. about them, isn't it? There? But I like them. They are I like tough, doing yeah. ab work. I saw I like doing abs and then moving into burpees and abs and burpees. Yeah, you finish off. I'll yeah. go and then you finish off. Um so preparation. I know prep is quite key. Being a sportsman and stuff, preparation is massively key. What would be your best advice for someone sort of going into the gym in regards to prep, like nutrition or whatever it is? 
for for workout yeah um yeah i think well i i would just make sure i have i know what i'm eating throughout the day and when i'm gonna eat um don't really have specific times but i know around what time i I would have food Mm. uh and make sure before before bed i always have something small just to take me over when i sleep but i think having a purpose in the gym preparation i would say was have a program have something to follow have something mm. that's going to push you Structure. if you just turn up to the gym and just do a little bit of this a little bit of that that's pointless that's yeah. not doing anything because you, you want to try and progress every day because if you keep doing the same thing every it's day, boring isn't it, it gets boring and, and, and you probably start going backwards um mm. cool. yeah you want to keep progressing by having a program to follow someone that's going to push you and challenge you like that yeah last question last mm. question you have a friend who is playing professional rugby and he's had a series of concussions what do you tell him with your experience now to to how, how he can get through it listen up charlie rook i would say first of all make sure you are 100 percent going back into training back on the pitch um make sure you're true to yourself as well some as i said one time i was kind of like oh i'm okay i'll be fine um i've only had a little knock just make sure you're true to yourself and how you feel. You know for yourself what is perfect and what isn't. Um, and if you're a little bit off, just make sure you take your time because it can have a big effect um, going forward. So I would say, yeah, just make sure you look after yourself. And yeah, just be self-love. Listen to yourself. Yeah. Do you want to ask him a piffy? Uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. And then on that, um, our traditional dog days question is, You've got a room full of twenty-one-year-old men, uh, all, <laughs> all women, women, and all women, women, all women. All women. Jesus Christ! I knew that was coming. That's why I said it so um, boldly. You have a room full of twenty-one men and uh, and women, and a massive megaphone. What do you tell those people? Who's round is it? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the rugby lad. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's the best one we've had. Yeah. <laughs> I rate that. <laughs> Who's round is it? Okay. I mean, any, anything else? Um, <laughs> is it supposed to be educational? Or? It could be. Yeah. yeah I mean, I like the. F- oh, I like what you've gone with already. But yeah, if you were to give them any advice, you know, moving into their adulthood and you know, connecting to their career purpose or fitness or whatever, um, is there anything that you wish you could tell yourself? Even tell myself. Um, Twenty. I would just say, strive. Just make sure you've got something to work for. Uh, always test yourself, whether that's mentally or physically. Um, I think that's huge. Just keep development, self-development. Don't be happy with just being ordinary. Wow, non-complacency. That is amazing. Four and eat veg. And eat veg. And eat veg. Who's round is it? Who's round is it? Well, Ben, thank you so much. For that was us. amazing. Um, really thank you. Brilliant getting to know you guys. Any questions, please um, please ask Ben himself. You can follow him at his Instagram, which is... Bfit.se. So just a B and a F. FIT.SE. Wonderful. And we'll put that all in the uh, in the write up. Ben, awesome. it's been a pleasure hosting yeah, you. Thank you so, so much. Guys. Thanks, Thanks mate. Cheers. Cheers. Muscle. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.